The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of Negotiate Anything. Thanks for spending time with us today. It's listeners like you in 181 different countries that have made Negotiate Anything the most popular negotiation and conflict resolution podcast in the world. I'm your host, Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer, mediator, professor, and the director of the American Negotiation Institute. Before we get started, I have two quick questions for you. Is negotiation a critical part of what you do? Do you need to resolve conflict and persuade at work? If you answered yes to both of those questions, visit our website to learn more about our negotiation workshops. We've traveled the country working with professionals just like you, and we'd love to have the opportunity to work with you too. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Stephanie, thank you for joining us again. Hi, thanks for having me. Glad to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Your episode was incredibly popular on how to network effectively. We'll put a link in the description so you could check that out if you want to. Um, But for those of you who don't remember, um, Stephanie, can you give us a little bit of an intro? Absolutely. So hi, everyone. My name is Stephanie Hanna, and I've been a lawyer here in Columbus, Ohio for the last 12 years. And I've spent most of that time in the courtroom as a prosecutor and a staff attorney and a magistrate. And I also have a small business called The Other 85, which is dedicated to relationship building and maintenance for professionals and lawyers. And the name The Other 85 comes from the idea that I believe 15% of our job success comes from hard technical skills. And I help you master the other 85, the relationships, the networking, the connections, and the interaction. And so I work with people individually or in small groups um, and help them with some of those things that I believe really are holding them back. They've got the the smarts to get the job done, um, but they're still not getting the success that, that they want. And I think a lot of that comes from the other 85. Fantastic. Yeah. And I feel like you're you're missing something really important that's <laughs> happening. Is there anything else important in your life that's going on? There is this one other little thing. So I am a candidate for judge here in Franklin County, Ohio. I am running for a newly created seat in our domestic relations and juvenile bench. And that court handles divorce and dissolution and child custody and juvenile criminal matters. And that is what I have dedicated most of my practice to. And so I am excited at the opportunity to serve in this greater capacity. It's not often that there is a brand new seat um, with no incumbent in it. And so I am looking forward at the opportunity um, to serve our community in this way. Perfect. Fantastic. And, and okay, so for the listeners who are in Franklin County, everybody else who's not in Franklin County, <laughs> just give us just give us 90 seconds. Okay. So for the listeners in Franklin County, what is it about your passion for this that, uh, that should make them want to vote for you? Yes. So I believe in our families and our children, and I have dedicated my career to making sure that we are moving them in the right direction. I have served with the Children's Hunger Alliance on the YWCA Columbus, and I know that there are some really amazing things that we can do to help families who are going through tough times, who are dealing with divorce, who have a young person who maybe needs some redirection. And I know that I have the compassion and the innovation and the work ethic to bring some of 
um, these newer programs and these newer ideas to our families so that we can all move forward. And I'm excited to serve the community in this way. Fantastic. Well, you now you've convinced me. I was on the fence, Stephanie. I, was, <laughs> I wasn't sure about you, but now. Yes, <laughs> now and, I know. and if anyone wants to learn more locally, I think it's so important to get to know your judges and judicial candidates. Um, so you can learn more at hannaforjudge.com. Fantastic. So let's jump into the interview. I'm excited for this one. So we yes. are going to teach people how to communicate like a leader. This is great. And so the three things that we're going to focus on are the characteristics of great leaders when it comes to communicating effectively and persuasively. So number one, we're going to talk about the importance of consistency. Um, then we're going to talk about approachability and calmness, importance of staying calm. So let's go ahead and start off with consistency. What do you mean by that? So I think consistency means training yourself, disciplining yourself to show up in the same way every single time to the point where it becomes part of your brand and part of your reputation. Because we can think of people that we interact with and a smile comes to our face. And there's also people that we can think of and not a smile comes to our face, right? We don't wanna have that interaction. And I think the way that we get a positive um, persona and that positive reputation is by being consistent of course, in a positive way, but being consistent with our actions and our demeanor and the way that we approach problems. I think a really big piece of the puzzle is we can't worry about what kind of mood the other person is going to be in. I don't ever want anyone to worry about what kind of mood I'm going to be in because that takes their effort and their focus away from the substance of our negotiation or our conversation or our dialogue. And so I want that to be a given. I'm going to come in consistently in a calm and approachable way. And you don't have to think about it. So let's get to the heart of the matter. Because I think where a lot of times people go astray is they're, they're too busy worrying about the, the form over the substance. So if we can do everything in our power to really control that form, we can focus on the substance and eliminate wasted energy trying to manipulate the form into something that's respectable and easy to understand. That makes a lot of sense. And it sounds like this, this focus on consistency would have a pretty positive impact when it comes to trust too. Yes, yes, because I don't have to worry if I can trust you or not trust you. And we don't even do it intentionally, but over time, your consistency just naturally lends to building trust and all of the good things that come with trust in a relationship. So I think sometimes if people say, you know, I want you to trust me, I want to be that trusted advisor, a really easy, great way to start is, am I showing up consistently all the time to where there's no question of how I'm going to show up? You can trust that this is the way that I approach a problem. This reminds me, I'm, I'm watching The Last Dance, the, uh, the documentary on Michael Jordan. And okay. uh, one of the things that was really interesting that he said is that he wanted to put on the same level of maximum effort every single time because he said, for somebody in the crowd, this is their first time watching Michael Jordan play basketball. And so yes. I want to bring it every single time. And that's what he's known for as the ultimate competitor. And I feel like that's what we need to do when it comes to every single interaction. Even if we're interacting only with one person, um, there are going to be people who are watching. Either they're watching in the moment 
or they're going to hear about the interaction secondhand <laughs> from yes. the person. Yes. And that might be their first interaction with you. And so the way I think about it now is every time I, I show up, I want to make sure that I'm being consistent with my brand because my assumption now is that for somebody who is either in this room um, or going to hear about this interaction, it's going to be their first time hearing about me and I want it to be good. Yes, that's a great analogy because that's exactly what it is and why it's so useful and a great way to think of it. Um, and it helps you be consistent if you think like this could be someone's first interaction with me. And so I want to make sure I get it right. Exactly. Now, for the, the skeptical people out there, they're probably saying, okay, your honor, this seems obvious. <laughs> <laughs> why? But so why is it so hard? Why is it so hard for people to show up consistently? You know, I think it's hard because it it is hard, right? I mean, it is hard for you to check your emotions and, you know, pay conscious attention to the energy that you're bringing. Now, I will say over time, it, it becomes habitual. It can turn into a habit. But to get over that hump, I think we're naturally so inclined to you know, think that our problems are the most important and our positions are the most important. And if that's the focus of this negotiation or this interaction, I'm coming in guns blazing because I want to fight for my client or fight for myself. And so it's easy for that consistency piece to kind of fall to the wayside. And so, you know, that is why it's so hard is because you have to make a concerted effort, at least initially, to you know, to, to make sure that you're showing up that way. And you have to check yourself, right? You have to tell yourself almost like, hey, self, I know you have these emotions, but hold on, like now's not the time. You're working on having this solid connection and rapport so that we can achieve what we want down the road. Um, and it's hard for us to, you know, to check ourselves in that way. Yeah, it makes sense. I think the word that you said that really encapsulates the difficulty is is effort. It takes yeah effort, consistent effort. And sometimes we just, we're not feeling like it. <laughs> we yes. just don't feel like it. We have, um, we have work. Um, we have our home lives with our partners, our, maybe our children, our pets. And mm -hmm. now those lines are being blurred more and more yes. <laughs> as, as we're working from home. And uh, I feel like that cognitive exhaustion makes it more difficult for people to continue to be their best self consistently. And um, like you said, it's, it's a habit. And when it comes to habits, when we think about the psychology of habits, it becomes an easier lift, a lighter load to carry as you start to do this more consistently. So for, for people out there who are trying to establish themselves and figuring out what your personal brand is, or if you recognize you've had problems in the past with consistency, um, there's no easy way around it. You just have to uh, put forward some concerted effort for a prolonged period of time but then at the end, after doing this for a few months, a year or whatever, it becomes a lot easier for you to show up at your best every time. Yes. And, it, and you can start with baby steps. It doesn't have to be, I'm going to be perfect this entire day. It's, okay, I'm going into this interaction. Let me try and make sure that I'm consistently showing up for this person in this project in this way and set some boundaries around it. And just like anything, when you start to have some easy wins and some easy successes, you'll notice people want to respond to your emails more often. They want to pick up your phone calls. That is the benefit of having this great brand, which is built from consistency. Think about how you want people to feel when they see your name coming across their inbox or when 
they see your name on their phone? Are you somebody that they want to pick up, that they want to answer, they want to help? Or are you the email that gets lost, right? That you have to follow up three or four times to get a response. And it may seem unrelated, but I promise you it's related. That is how you get to the top of people's lists um, in terms of who they know, like, and trust is, are we consistent? How are we showing up each and every time? Does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe that your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to chat. These workshops are completely customizable and we've done them all around the country. Negotiation and conflict resolution skills are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And now, back to the show. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors, I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. This is great. And and I think, especially when you think about it from the example that you gave, um, how do people feel when they see your name? I think that transitions really, really well for us into being more approachable. So when it comes to being approachable, what are some things we need to keep in mind? Yeah, so I think recognizing, and especially in this time, you know, having some compassion, that is helpful. So when I think of being approachable, it doesn't mean that you can walk all over me or I'm accessible to you 24-7, but I'm somebody that you know that you can reach out to and you're going to get a response. You're going to get some feedback. Um, You're going to get someone who is either willing to help you or who can clearly say, hey, I've got too much on my plate right now. But the fact that you even thought to reach out to me is what makes me approachable. And that is built over time by kind of having this demeanor that I am someone that wants to help, that wants to be of service, um, recognizing the value that if I am of service to you, I am making small deposits in our relationship account. And after many of those deposits, if I happen to need something, or if there's a way that you can help me, I can feel much better making that ask because I've been approachable, our relationship is strong, and I can ask you for this help. I think a lot of times we get very bogged down, we're very busy, we think we're working on all the right things, and so we keep our head down and we ignore an email or we don't respond to someone that maybe we should, and over time, that makes us look like we are not approachable. And so 
over time, I won't approach you if I don't think you're approachable. And therefore, I'm not coming to you with opportunities and with chances to serve and chances to lead and chances to excel, you know, personally, professionally, whatever the situation is. Um, you know, I don't have to say yes to everything, but I have to create an environment where you can come to me all the time knowing that I'm approachable. This is great. And I, I love doing this podcast because I, I learn so much with every interview. And um, so I, I told everybody who listens to the podcast, just a reminder, if this is your first time, um, if you connect with me on LinkedIn, you'll get a response. Everybody who connects with me on LinkedIn gets a response. Now, that was uh, fun at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's, it's gotten out of control. And so um, I, I need to challenge myself to respond faster. Um, but I, I know recently it's been, hey, okay, wow. Uh, about three months, I'll, I will get back because it's it's so many messages, but people appreciate when they get the messages. So it's approachable in that regard, but I need to create better systems so I can be faster. But when you're yes. getting about 150 emails a day That's, and um, yeah. 100 new connections every day, it, it becomes really tough. And so I, I like the, the balance that you said, you want to be approachable, but at the same time, you don't want to be a doormat. You don't want people to be able to walk all over you. How do you strike that balance personally? You know, I mean, I think you even shared a really good example. There can be a lapse in time in responding to certain messages, right? Certain things. Um, I don't have to get back to everyone that emails me within 24 hours. I can cut myself a little slack, but I can, you know, I can make, come up with a system, make an effort, figure out a way so that I am responding and so that I am making sure that I'm connecting with people. And it can be just a very quick, you know, check-in sort of a response. If someone's asking you to do something and you can't, you can very honestly say no. I think a lot of times we avoid that conversation altogether. And the lack of response is even more damaging and detrimental to the relationship than declining the offer. And it carries so much further. It's so hard to overcome that. Um, you can overcome you know, I'm too busy. I'm not available. Thanks for thinking of me. Sorry, can't do it versus silence because then I'm, I'm not coming back to you because you ignored me. And that may not be the case. You're busy. You're getting several hundred messages a day, all of those things. But to the recipient, you ignored me and you're off my list. And that's that's what matters because that's how we build relationships and that's how we make the connections. And so if all the connectors aren't looking to you as someone that they want to connect with, just because of one time you kind of missed the bus, that has a rippling impact into your whole network. Are you seeing epiphanies happening? You, <laughs> yes, I am. I'm wondering talking. what's turning up there. <laughs> wow, this, this is so interesting. I feel like this is slowly becoming an intervention. Um, <laughs> wow, this, it's, it's a really great, these are incredible points. And it's so simple, but it makes so much sense because I've thought about sometimes when I've reached out to somebody and they, they ghosted me or I've interpreted it as ghosting mm -hmm. me. And I say, never again. I'm yeah. never turning to you ever again, you mean person. Yes. But then for me, when I, it's uh, the shoes on the other foot and somebody responds to me and I missed it, I'm just, I'm not as organized as I'd like to be. And sometimes <laughs> it falls through the cracks. So now I'm thinking about the impact it's had on other people. Um, do you think it would be helpful if you're somebody who has a lot of people reaching out to you constantly 
to have an auto responder that says your message was received. It might take uh, a while to get back to you, but I'm sequencing my emails in this particular way. Um, but I will eventually respond to you. Is that helpful or does, is that a little bit too much? So I think it's helpful if you actually do it, right? If there is follow through. I think all people want is a little bit of, um, you know, they want to feel heard. And so they want you to kind of do what you're, what you say you're going to do. So if that's the initial approach, and then you're coming up with a system that allows greater follow through, I think that's great. If you're going to say that and then not do it, I think that's just as bad as initially not responding, maybe worse because you've set up like I'm coming and then like nothing. <laughs> so, so this is for all the people who have outstanding messages to you. Don't worry. I will make sure that Kwame responds to you with, <laughs> with some sort of system. I'm fighting for you here. Um, but no, I don't, you know, there's nothing wrong with it with an autoresponder as long as there is the follow-up of what the autoresponder says that you're going to do. That's great. Yeah, that's really helpful because um, I'm going to try that out and see how people respond. Uh, because yeah, it's 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 overwhelming because there there are days where I just say I wish I could actually do some meaningful work <laughs> today right. instead of just responding to emails. Right. Why'd I get all these degrees to just respond to emails all day? Right. Um, that makes a lot of sense. This is great. No, thank you for this. Yeah. Um, and now when it comes to staying calm. Uh, this is really, really interesting because first of all, it's tough <laughs> to stay calm yes. all the time. Um, but I, Hollywood oftentimes portrays leaders as at times as people who can get really, really angry or really, really forceful. Um, tell me what you mean when it comes to being calm in, in these types of situations, especially for leaders. Yes. And so I don't mean like calm, like you're sitting at the beach 24 hours a day with a drink in your hand. And that's the way that you're just approaching all problems and stresses. But what I mean is a sense of calmness that you feel in control, that others look to you and also feel that you are in control and that you're someone that knows how to kind of check your own emotions. I think that is the greatest sign of strength and leadership is that I can control my own emotions. It doesn't mean I'm not upset. Um, there is a way that you can convey your anger and your frustration that's so much more effective than just yelling in somebody's face. And so I think it's it's almost being smarter than your emotions, um, not ignoring them or um, pretending they're not existing, but how can I come out on the other ahead of them on the other side of it so that I can bring them into the equation and they're not detrimental. Because a lot of times when we lose that ability to focus on maintaining and managing our emotions, like we've killed the entire interaction. There is no point in going forward because the other person's defensive. Um, they've now painted this really probably unfair brush over everything about you that you're angry. You don't know how to keep it together. That's why the consistency is so important. Um, and it's so hard to overcome. I mean, it is so hard to overcome. So it's just much easier to do yourself a favor and figure out ways that you can show up as a consistent, calm leader. And you can have passion and you can have energy. Being calm does not mean that you don't have those other things. You can have both. Um, 
something we've been saying on this campaign a lot is, you know, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Like we can interact with people virtually and we can still have in-person events. Like we can figure out how to do safe things and, you know, still reach people. So, you know, you can be calm and have passion. They're not mutually exclusive by any means. So calmness is really just a sense of another way for people to trust you. Um, This is all kind of feeding into that equation. We need people to know, like, and trust us. And it's a way for people to feel comfortable and confident in your leadership because they know that you are consistently calm, approachable, and show up in a way that makes everyone around them feel more at ease so that they can focus on the substance and not be so worried on the form. Makes a lot of sense. And one of the things that I think about when it comes to emotions, I I think about going on a road trip um, and your emotions are always going to be with you. They're always going to be in the car, but you always need to have your hand on the wheel. So they can, they can, you can hear them in the background, but you never let them take the wheel and and make the decisions. And uh, the word that you use that I really liked was control. And so it's control of yourself, but also learning how to control the situation as well. The, the flow of conversation, what the rules of engagement are, those type of things. And again, if you start to develop that, that trusting type of relationship with people, when you start to take control, there's not going to be that resistance because they trust, hey, Judge Stephanie, she is going <laughs> to do a great job of handling this, this interaction. So and she has taken control and I'm okay with that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it happens naturally. It's almost seamless because it comes with the territory. Exactly. And it seems also that what we're doing is not only controlling ourselves and serving as a leader for the situation, whatever the situation might be, but we're also demonstrating through our our example how they should comport themselves in the interaction as well. Yes. Yes. You set the tone. I mean, it is so hard when you're able to maintain these three components it is so hard for someone to successfully rile you up. You present so much stronger than, than the other person, um, just naturally. Um, so if you're in a situation, whether it's in the courtroom or in a negotiation or just a conversation with a partner or a friend, and one of you is trying to kind of jab right away from the get-go and you come out guns blazing and the other person keeps it together and is able to calmly and respectfully state their viewpoints, you just automatically look more in control, more like a leader, more like someone I want to follow. And it just sets the tone for the entire conversation and the entire rest of the relationship. Yeah. You know, one thing that I've done um, personally to help me to get the perspective I need and the psychological distance that I need from the situation in order to determine what a good decision would be is I think of myself as a different person. So I say, okay, here's an example from parenting. Uh, You're a parent too, so you know this. (laughs) Um, So at at the end of the day, especially our energetic children can really wear on us. And all we want to say is be quiet, stop moving, go to sleep, (laughs) whatever it happens to be. And so I ask myself, okay, what would the best dad in the world do right now? What would that person do? Okay, now you know what to do. So it, it makes it easier for me to determine what the right thing to do is. Because if I just look at it from my own perspective, my emotions are going to take control. Um, and so yes. I think in this situation, we could do something similar. 
So go, before we actually enter the discussion, we could say, what would the best leader in the world do in this conversation? And then when we find ourselves in the heat of the moment, we could stop and ask ourselves that question and it'll help us to know what we need to do and say in the moment. Yeah, I think that's a great tip and always trying to remove your own energy and your own emotion from it. I mean, that's what we're, what we're trying to do when we're controlling the situation, right? Is to remove the emotion. Same thing you're trying to do from the bench, especially in, in domestic court, right? We want to remove the emotion and we want to focus on the issues and the substantive piece and getting people to get to that place is something that is so critical to make forward progress. Exactly. And, and circling back to one of the earlier things you said about um, being calm, um, I think for some people, they might take calmness to the, to the nth degree. Like you said, it's, you're not laying down on a beach type of thing. And we have to think about the perceptions of other people if we are too chill in the conversation. Do, it's, it's almost like, do you understand the gravity of what is occurring right now, you don't seem yes. to care at all. And, yes. um, and that could have just as bad of, of, of effects as, as going too high on the emotional side. Yes, no, that's a great point too. This is not to diminish the severity of the issue or the problem. There's still ways that you can meet people where they are and, and let them know that you are bringing compassion and concern for the situation, um, to their situation. So you have to pay attention that you aren't conveying the message that, you know, I don't care. And a lot of that can come through your words, because if someone is hot and bothered and they see you being not hot and bothered, their brain may say, oh, you don't care. And so a lot of that you can overcome with your words and say, hey, I know this is really important and this is something that we need to address and I plan on doing that. And just because I am not screaming doesn't mean that I don't think it's important and I don't want us to find a resolution. This is just the way that I'm choosing to address the situation. Um, and it can be as simple as that. So everyone in the room knows that you are in control, but you're being calm so that you can help everyone find a better solution. Exactly. Oh, this is great. This is great. I feel like you'll be a good judge. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yes, this is fantastic. So Stephanie, again, thank you for coming on the show. And um, so for those who are listening, can you tell them again um, who you are, uh, the position you're running for and how they can get in touch with you? Absolutely. So I am Stephanie Hanna and I have a company called The Other 85 and I am running for judge here in Franklin County in our domestic relations and juvenile court. And you can learn more about that at hannaforjudge.com and you can learn more about The Other 85 at theother85.net and also on LinkedIn and would be happy to connect with everyone and respond quicker than Kwame. <laughs> you need to set your aspirations higher than that <laughs> fantastic stephanie thank you again for coming on the show we appreciate it yes thanks for having me congratulations you've just joined an elite club by listening to a full episode you're now officially on the negotiate anything team so welcome aboard what most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode.
I'll catch you later. <laughs>